This podcast is brought to you by 411 Fightwear, an e-commerce platform that's redefining the local fightwear industry. You can check them out at 411fightwear.com and also on Instagram at 411fightwear. That's 411fightwear. Welcome back to Leverage Radio. Today we have a very special guest on the show, Professor Miles Lucas, a BJJ black belt under Dave Camarillo. He's also a Wim Hof Method breathing expert and trainer. He's conducting a seminar with us this weekend as well. A man with a fascinating story. Miles, thank you so much for doing this. It's an honor to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. The honor is all mine. Uh, it's my pleasure to share these tools of uh, uh, long lost tools almost uh, of optimization. We're, we lost I've, you. Yeah, I think uh, Ashwin uh, <laughs> left. Uh, he's just popping in. Yeah, um, at the outset, man, we had Sorry. some great feedback from your last workshop, the one you did a few weeks ago with our team. Good, good. And we haven't talked since then, so uh, no, I'd love no, we to. Haven't. Yeah, let's chat about it. I think a lot of people started adopting this breathing technique um, right after. I'm, I know a lot of people were familiar with the Wim Hof uh, method through the mobile app, which uh, mm. I think about six months to a year ago, a few of us ended up downloading. But uh, doing that seminar with you, it was kind of different because like, we were able to go deep. Mm. Very nice. Even across <laughs> across the world too. How about that? It didn't uh, you know that that's really neat to connect. This this world has gotten a little bit smaller over the last few months, hasn't it? No, it did leave uh, a mark on a lot of the guys at the academy, and they've been um, they've been asking me questions like I am some expert on it. I don't know how to explain to them <laughs> that I know less than them probably. Um, <laughs> what did I miss when I went off? Sorry, my Wi-Fi went down for a second. Oh, literally nothing. We just, uh, I was just giving him some good feedback about the workshop. Um, and what can we expect from the one that's coming up this Sunday, Miles? So, as you noticed that uh, in the previous one, uh, I take what uh, the Wim Hof curriculum, which in my uh, uh, estimation, it, to me, it's just perfect because it is quite simple. And that's, that's the goal is to sort of demystify uh, some of the ways we make these chemical changes. And then, uh, and then I put on top uh, my recipe, which, uh, you know, maybe helps me get there a little bit faster. And then, uh, and then I'm able to interact with your guys a little bit and, and get some questions and then help them uh, get to these chemical changes a little bit faster too, right, with a, a few suggestions. So what we're going to do for the advanced one, you know, I have a, a couple, a few different things that I like to do that, uh, that are really you know, they're, they're a little bit further outside the curriculum of the Wim Hof stuff. So to, to be able to share those things, I mean, that's just, uh, that's like my passion level, level 11, right? So, uh, you know, we got some, <laughs> we, we make these cool chemical changes through the uh, amazing Wim Hof stuff. And then, uh, and then we've discovered, I've been doing this about five years. I have a, a friend of mine here who, um, my partner in crime a bit, uh, uh, helping me with the the breath fitness stuff. And we're always experimenting with uh, how this breath work 
changes and improves for jujitsu or uh, running or, or activity in general. And so we got some great tips on how to get there fast. Um, and then some, some uh, interesting exercises that we'll do with it. And just to be able to, you know, the eventual goal is uh, we lead you to water and, uh, and you have to drink. And, uh, <laughs> and so the eventual goal is we're out of there. I mean, I, I, the eventual goal is you forgot where you even learned this from. All of a sudden, these are these tools that you own. And now you're <laughs> share, sharing it with people and, and, and you don't even know where it came from anymore. But it's because it's just so uh, innate inside you. And so that, that's my, that's my goal for after this advanced one. It's a lofty goal. I get it. That's <laughs> Maybe so not exciting. everyone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very exciting. I'm not going to lie. Um, so <laughs> Miles, how did you get into this, man? Um, how did you discover um, the Wim Hof method? Yeah. So uh, I had, uh, I used to be, I used to get uh, congested and get sick quite often. So often it was, a, it was debilitating as far as making a schedule that I wanted to do something. Like say if I wanted to sign up for a competition in two months, man, I really didn't know if I was going to feel 100% for that competition. I just couldn't uh, gauge whether or not I was going to get like whatever you want to call it, allergies or, or you know, sick Seasonal symptoms, all this flu. stuff. Seasonal flu. Yeah, that's a terrible – I hate that word right there. So we're supposed to get each season, we're supposed to get a flu, you know, but, uh, but that's real. That is absolutely real. And I had a seasonal flu. I'm going to write that down. I love that. I had a seasonal <laughs> flu. Uh, I mean, for, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, as soon as I started doing the breath work, I felt this, the immediate charge, right? Mm -hmm. I listened to Joe Rogan's first podcast with Wim. Uh, October 2015, I remember because it, it was live, and uh, I started doing the breath work. Uh, I do like to uh, 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 play around with mental changes, you know, meditation or, or, or you know, other substances or whatever, just just kind of see what's out there. Right. And uh, and this got me out there a little bit, and I thought, man, it's time. I got to figure this stuff out. And so I was a regular practitioner from the day that I started, and uh, and then I didn't get sick. I didn't get congestion for. A year and a half. I got no seasonal flu. It was over. This is and, after practice for how long? After practicing. So I started practicing it. And then uh, I kind of practiced it on a daily basis immediately. Right. But I experimented. And that's what's so neat about this stuff. What I discovered studying this and, and other breathing modalities is that all breath work works in some way. Yeah. Uh, and, and how does it work? Well, I think that just in, I, I think that we're not breathing enough. We're, we're not, we don't really understand, uh, at least I didn't, we don't really understand what our breath process does for us, how it, it benefits us. And it's a little bit weak. Most people's I think are, are a little bit weak because they're not uh, taking these big expansion, expansive breaths because of this, these creature comforts of our lives. Right. I There's, can vouch for that uh, mistake <laughs> myself. Yeah. I mean, all of us, I mean, you're, as you're not alone, right? We, we all are luckily have jackets and AC and, and comfy couches and all this stuff. So with the smallest amount of intentional breath work, you start to get these changes. And so it doesn't really matter what breath work you choose. You just pick one, one that you're going to be consistent with, and then you'll start to notice how your body starts to uh, adapt with it. And, uh, and then that's it. So I was off and running. As soon as I started doing this stuff, I started adding it to my workouts. Uh, you know, I started adding it to all these different things. 
and I didn't even touch the cold stuff for six months. I didn't even think about it. I thought those guys were crazy. I wasn't into that part at all. <laughs> well, those and, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, so, Wim's advanced guys are basically all the time in freezing temperatures without their shirts on and just keep breathing through it. It's just they ice are. Bars, right? Yeah. Ice baths and climbing mountains. And uh, I really thought those guys were crazy. <laughs> but so I added the breath work to my workouts and I'm, work, I'm doing some breath work and I'm working out, you know, and uh, trying to prepare for jujitsu a little bit better. And then all of a sudden I realized that, man, I was really sweating pretty profusely when I'm doing my very simple workout routine. And I thought, is it have to do with the breath work? Is this why I'm sweating? So I cut out the workout and I just did the breath work, which is a pretty, it was a pretty intense routine. Sure enough, I'm drenched. I said, okay, now I understand me. Is this why these knuckleheads are going out in the you know, cold and they're <laughs> able to handle this and stuff? And, uh, and it, sure, sure enough. So I actually adapted to the cold quite quickly because I already had been practicing the breath work for so long. Nice. And, uh, and I, was, I was off and running. Yeah, it was just uh, cold exposure. So that also helps with the immunity stuff a little bit. And then at some point I realized that it's, uh, you know, you can add in heat. You know, even Wim did it when he, he uh, ran in the in Death Valley. He, he ran a marathon. Oh, God. Um, God. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so what I realized is that it's stress. So we are not stressed enough because we are these soft, uh, uh, wonderful creatures creatures of comfort. comfort yeah yeah and so we we uh, learn how to apply a little bit of stress uh, just like a dumbbell curl would be a little bit of stress on your bicep mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we can grow from that so it's uh, it's been just an amazing journey and then controlling the amount of stress and, and improving it and changing it uh, you know it, it's so applicable for everybody it's so fun to teach this stuff you know, you mentioned um, that you, you pick a breath pattern, any breath pattern, and it does make mm-hmm. a difference. So what I've been uh, personally doing myself is, so I have, a, I have a deviated septum, so I wake up every morning with like a dripping in the back of my throat and mm-hmm. just, uh, all kinds of stuffiness. Um, when I started yeah. doing the, the Hicks and Gracie mm. fire type breathing, where I just breathe out through my nose, uh-huh. and I would realize that I'd wake up with everything clear, no phlegm, none of that nonsense and I just it just clears everything up uh, but I'm still lazy to do it and I still haven't made it a habit uh, oh, okay but that I mean I do I have noticed a big change um, and it's fascinating man who would have thought that uh, more people wouldn't be using it that's that's probably the most shocking thing when you start the, the your first class of this stuff, you're like, well, this is one of the most powerful tools I've ever experienced. <laughs> how in the world did we not know how to do this since we were kids? You know, well, this could be the first class as a kid. And, uh, you, you know, yeah, it's massive. It, it really is. And I, I, I mean, I think the exact same way about BJJ as well. I mean, <laughs> mm. uh, the, the amount of people that walk around uh, not knowing this martial art and waste years of their lives on. Uh, gaining false confidence and hope, and then transition to BJJ wow. and have life-changing experiences. I think it does cross over to BJJ as well, which brings me to my follow-up question. So you are a Dave Camarillo black belt, correct? Mm-hmm. How tough was that <laughs> um, <laughs> over the years? Uh, because, I mean, the image 
I think Dave and Dan Camarillo have in the PJJ world is of being tough guys, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how were those years and um, what was it like learning from these guys over the years? So they were, I got my, I didn't move around a lot. Um, and so I got my brown belt and black belt from Dave and the, and uh, Matt Darcy, which is uh, who runs the, uh, another big academy in, in the area. And uh, it was, it was pretty amazing experience. And, uh, and I can say too, very confidently that uh, the level there was, was quite high because I had gone to probably six other schools within my career, be- <laughs> career before that. So I was, I had done, I'd already done jujitsu for, you know, 12 years before I even got to their school. And I was only still a purple belt. So uh, nobody's ever accused me of, of being on time. Uh, you know, I, take, <laughs> I really take my time <laughs> when I do stuff. And so uh, it took me a long time. I was a blue belt for eight years. So if that makes any blue belts feel better out there. High five. Moritz, how long have you been a blue belt now? I'm on, I think, year five. I was a white belt for eight years. Oh, amazing. Okay. We're we're on the journey with you. I mean, you've uh, made it. You've blazed the trail. So now we're (laughs) trying to find all the shortcuts we can. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So that's a big shortcut. Holy smokes. But uh, so going back to, to Dave, uh, it, it was really nice. We had a huge uh, school and we would do on Tuesday nights, we had a marathon roll, which they came up with, with which was uh, 10 five minute rounds with a minute break. So one hour of rolling, just full speed. And, uh, and, it, and you may have even done, I would do maybe a class or two before that. And so it was like, man, it was a really uh, a wonderful test of, of where you were what your cardio was like, what your less than cardio, right? What your, uh, how calm you could be, what kind of pace mm-hmm, that you could mm-hmm, keep, mm-hmm. right? Because it doesn't matter what your cardio is. If you, a couple of sprints, it's going to kill your cardio, a couple of hard rolls. So you really had to, we had to tone it down oh, sure. and learn yeah. how to uh, roll for a long time. And uh, so the best thing, one of the coolest things that Dave would do, they were very into uh, self-defense which I, I'm, I was 100% on board. I originally started with Helson Gracie, and, uh, which is all about the, the applicable moves for self-defense. And what I think is we're creating an autopilot. <clears throat> so I've seen this happen too, where people get hit, and they get not hit in the head, and they don't even know what happened the rest of the match, right? They get kneed in the head, and, uh, and then afterwards they're like, how'd I do? Because I don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that is your autopilot. You know, yeah. that's how you're going to perform when you really are not even making decisions. You're just in this body that, yeah. that has something that it knows how to do. So we, we focused a, a lot on creating that autopilot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one of the great ways they would do it is uh, when we were brown belts. We had a couple, I forget the name of them, but there were these special training days where they would pile everyone into a room and close the door and then take people out one at a time. And they would put you in this scenario of, Maybe it was a real life situation where we have a, a few pro fighters there and they had a, on boxing gloves and yeah, and they would beat the hell out of you <laughs> and they would oh put you God. in certain positions <laughs> and you'd have to fight your way out of there. And you never knew what the scenario would be. And it might be two on one. You, you never knew what it was going to be because you were locked up in that room. And so all you would know is we're all just, there'd be, you know, 20 <laughs> of us sitting in this room and, and, and we're all fine, right? We just have our geese on. 
and, uh, and someone else would come back and their face was all red and, and covered with shots and, uh, and they're exhausted and, and, and we're like, what happened? <laughs> and and they, they weren't allowed to tell you what, was, what the scenarios would be. Right. And so that was a really neat way to, uh, to learn how to be prepared to these uncomfortable situations and stuff. And so Dave was always coming up with unique uh, uh, training methods like that. I mean, uh, I, do, you, do you see something of like that happening in today's day and age? I mean, I can imagine a house Gracie doing it at his academy. Um, uh-huh. or maybe yeah. one of the traditional old school Gracie guys, but I don't see modern BJJ academies uh, going that route. Uh, and it's a shame, really, isn't it? it is, we, we do have to test ourselves. And, uh, and I think this is, this is the advance. These, you know, you would only do this with your advanced guys. So nobody, and it's a closed day too. So nobody knows, you can't talk about it. Nobody knows what <laughs> happened that day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I probably already gave away too much. I'll, I'll probably use <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, where we are, we're gradually softening up the uh, humanity a little bit, aren't we? We're all getting a little bit softer and, and more worried about what we say and, and oh, worried man. about what we do. And so it's, it's nice when you find a, a community that allows you to be yourself and, uh, and to make mistakes. You know, that's, that's something that recently people really get a lot of scrutiny for what they say. But right. man, maybe they made a mistake. And it's almost like you can't even, people take it for, they pull something from 10 years ago and take exactly. it for that's how you feel. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, they, pick, they pull out things from years ago and they hold you to it. Um, uh, shit, man. So we met, uh, I mean, I got your contact from Mike Morell, uh, mm. and he had nothing but nice things to say about you. Um, tell us a, b- a bit about your relationship with Mike. How did you first meet Mike? I know you had a match, a uh, competitive match with Mike, and I, I want to hear that story in a second, but how did you first get to know Mike? Sure. Yeah, let me think. So did we have any fight to wins before that? So we were both on the same uh, professional fight to win card, I think twice um but it wasn't it, my introduction to mike was that match it was uh guerrilla jiu-jitsu and we do a tournament every year that was uh this is the best tournament if you guys aren't familiar with this it's uh we call it the gorilla grand prix there it's, it's mostly it's probably about a half a dozen schools in the area it's just kind of like all the friends of the schools but anybody's allowed to come and uh, and they have a, they have a few gi matches. They have a few matches for people that are you know for newer guys and stuff, so they can get their feet wet with the jujitsu, and uh, or with competing in general. And you see it too, you know the the white belts are just locked up. And, and just, <laughs> they just you can see they're just terrified, and, and it's a lot of fun. And then we do a uh, a no no weight limit, no uh, belt. So no weights, no belts. Come in and see what you got. And uh, which is pretty neat. I think they do, they do split it this year. So, or they started splitting it where it was like 180 pounds below and 180 pounds above. So they split into two categories, big guys and little guys or medium guys, let's say 180 is a big guy. Um, and then, uh, and then you just get to go after it. So if you're a blue belt and you think you can win this, come on, let's see, let's, let's see what you got. And so that was the match that I went against with, uh, with Mike. And, uh, and we had a, uh, can I just, I'll just talk about the match a little bit. Yeah, please, please, please. Very interesting story. <laughs> so we had a, a great match 
and uh, and he he put it was, it's no gi too by the way and I think you could wear a gi too that didn't matter either wear a gi don't wear a gi that was what's so neat about this it was just like nice. come as you are and see what you got and uh, and and everything was pretty much legal I think maybe other than heel hooks maybe I'm not even sure um, <laughs> and so uh, so Mike and I it's our first introduction to each other and, and and we get after it and I I tried for something and really missed it bad. And I'm, I'm kind of huddled up on the ground and, and uh, just a mess. He was about to get me. It was bad news. But uh, I got a hold of his leg and kind of forced it into a double leg takedown and ended up doing pretty well against him. And uh, he, oh, that's what it was. He put me in, in his favorite movie. He put me in a, uh, a an arm triangle. Of some, a Darth. Yeah, he put me in a Darth. And, uh, and I had to go back to my Wim Hof roots. You, you, there's a way in, when you're in a Darth, you create a frame. Right, so yeah. I, I create a, a long frame across the elbows, and that goes up against the the ground, so it opens up neck space, and then and then I just go into a Wim Hof session, and I just <laughs> quietly <laughs> go deep into the zone, and it's very tough to tap me if uh, if I have enough space to you know to do some breath work, and uh, and so what was funny is after the match, so I, I I think I won on points or you know, but after the match, even Dave was like it was his i just started learning the breath work or, or applying the breath work to jujitsu and to the nerves of competing I just mm -hmm. started doing it. that was really the, the the first time i i applied it and uh, and he goes what what was that like he was even he was confused <laughs> and uh and impressed he was like you weren't supposed to beat mike mike was definitely supposed to beat you <laughs> wow and uh, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, he, he even he didn't have faith in me, and uh, and I had been sort of <laughs> preaching this. Man, there's this there's this breath work that's uh, that allows you to sort of you know get through this stuff. And uh, I mean, I'm kind of old too. I mean, I, I was in my 40s at the time, right? And uh, but it it really worked. And then I got to you know uh, meet with Mike afterwards, and he was a bit confused too. He was like, "I love the jars. What are you doing down there?" <laughs> Mike, Mike's biggest sales pitch for you till today uh, is. I put him in a fully locked Darce joke and he just breathed did his not way. go out. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go yeah, out. Right. And that, you uh, know, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. That 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 when you get the the start to get the head tunnel space vision. change. Yeah, the tunnel vision. That's actually quite navigatable. And yes. it's just like when we're doing the breath holds. Yeah. Uh once you get good at that and you don't that will bring up anxiety, panic, and fear, right? Because you're like, whoa, especially the first couple of times it happens to you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you start to, I, I think your, your response to it makes it worse. Yeah. So once you have been there a bunch, just like anything, once you do anything a bunch, you can start to relax there. All of a sudden, it's almost my happy place. I almost, when I start rolling and somebody gets me there, and I even know that I'm going to tap <laughs> soon. I know the tap's coming, you know, but, uh, but I'll just kind of chill out there and just to see – See what where that place is. And, you just hit the gates of the nether realm and they were like, okay, wait, I'm coming back, guys. See ya. <laughs> right. I'm I'm flying on magic ponies and stuff and, and and eventually, you know, it starts to turn evil. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Okay, no, I'm back. <laughs> so I, I just uh, to follow this up with yeah. you mentioned that you were a purple belt for about 12 years, but you weren't doing yeah. the Wim Hof breathing during that part of your jujitsu journey. And this was in your twenties. You said, you said blue belt, right? Purple. I was a blue belt for eight years, but I'd done jujitsu. You know, it took me uh, to get a brown belt. It took me almost 15 years. something right. like that. 
so yeah, it was a long period. So up until that point, uh, within that 15 year period till your brown belt, you weren't really doing too much breathe, uh, breathing work or breath work. More with one step. Oh, wow. No, zero. I, <laughs> I was doing zero. zero. So my question yeah. is, I know it's a long way to get to a question, but no, no. Yeah. After that point, how would you say that it has impacted your physical self and your jujitsu? Once so you started breathing. Dumb. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Listen to how dumb I was. This is, this was my mentality then. This is, I'd already made it to Dave and I was a purple bow. We had a good, a really good guy who was a six ten, six foot ten, two fifty. God damn. So a, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <What>? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, a great guy, uh, Big Jeff. You can call him unless you're six eleven. You he's just Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> my but, name uh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So he was a very challenging opponent, I and would I, I remember one day. I'm wrestling with him and I happened to get him first in the marathon role. And then Matt Darcy, Professor Darcy, our, our, the owner of the gym, he was over there sort of coaching me because you could just coach anybody against Jeff because he just didn't want him to get hurt. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and Jeff got something good on me. And this is the first round. I was pretty fresh. He got something good on me, and it, which made me tired. And, and I got on the bottom, which is the last place you want to be with Big Jeff. And, uh, and <laughs> what did I do? Well, I didn't want him to know that I was tired, right? So I slowed down my breathing and I didn't breathe heavy. I sat there underneath trying to be quiet, trying to keep him from knowing <laughs> how, what he did to me. But that's the exact wrong thing to do. That's the last thing you should do. So, <laughs> so all I was doing is just my energy and anxiety was doing, my energy is going down, my anxiety is going up. And I just got into uh, the worst place ever. And uh, so after that six-minute match, my first match of the day, I went to the bathroom and nearly threw up and was, like, dizzy and, like, could barely uh, function after that. And I probably went home after, you know, I don't even know if I did any more rounds. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's how poor my application of breath work was to jujitsu. Uh, you know, oh. just doing the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Right. So, and I think that's a common scenario. I think that's a, we don't want to give our tell away, right? We don't want to let the other guy know. So we, we try not to breathe heavy or whatever. So exactly. I tell yeah. the guys. I, I've got yeah. an idea. It, it, it's, it's kind of natural. It's, it's okay. Right. But so what I tell the guys now is uh, start breathing heavy before you even engage. <laughs> and then they never know. So, so as soon as I, I'm there, they think that I'm exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> And now it's open. My the mess. The rest of the match is open, and I don't have a tell anymore when I'm tired. Or not. That actually so. is a very interesting uh, competition strategy, which I am going to get my guys to do. Uh, I think some <laughs> of the guy. I think some of the guys are already doing it. I just wanted to mention. Yeah. I think. I think. Aman, one of our guys, uh, competitive yeah. guys. I think I was rolling him with him the other day uh, in a small session. And before it started, he was just going in and out, in and out, heavy. I was like, oh, wait, is he tired? Is he, <laughs> he going to kill me? What's going on? So was, That's what people think. They think that you're going to, that they're, you think that people are, are charging up for something right, quite intense when you see people breathing heavy like that, right? It's a weird thing. I have a theory that this might be a, this is my own silly theory, but uh, when people are breathing intensely, I know that it feels weird to people around you. So just in a workshop, 
if, so if you're laying there breathing intensely, the person next to you is, is kind of, uh, it kind of creates an alarm in them, right? Yeah. Intuitively, yeah. it's kind of weird. And so I don't think it's actually the act. Again, this is just my own uh, kind of goofy uh, uh, philosophy, but I don't think it's the act of breathing. I think that we are chemically changing when we're breathing intensely. And I think that people around you have some sort of sensitivity to that. I really do. That's, that's mm. kind of my own. Uh, there's, I have no proof, of course, but uh, uh, it could be just the fact that we're breathing heavy. And, no, and that's interesting that you men mentioned we're chemically changing. Um, uh, for the people listening, uh, what exactly happens when we, when we start applying the, at least the Wim Hof method um, to our breath work? Uh, what happens to, to our bodies and how does it actually yeah. make a chemical change? So this is, this is really neat. And, uh, and so the Wim Hof does one thing. There's another great way to breathe. Just deep belly breathing does something else. And uh, we can talk about that. I, I love the, there's an amazing study on, on that in particular outside of the Wim Hof stuff. But uh, the Wim Hof in general, the neat thing that it does is uh, pushes you into a sympathetic state. We breathe nice and heavy. It's not the way you want to breathe every day or, or, or all day long. Right. It's, uh, it's an exercise. It's going to the gym for your lungs. So we, we breathe super heavy for a bit and, uh, and then your anxiety raises and you get into the sympathetic state. So you can Which is push fight yourself. or flight, correct? Sympathetic? The fight or flight state. That's right. So we're, we're simulating getting ourselves into this, this high level of angst. And uh, where jujitsu guys in general, we get it every time we train. We get in yeah. that, that high level. And so what you can do with the breath work chemically is push yourself in that state, practice bringing yourself back down, and, uh, and you're going to release, because of the stress, you're going to release uh, a bit of adrenaline. So, and actually, you're going to release so much adrenaline that they've compared it to somebody going bungee jumping for the first time. So somebody doing something that makes them so nervous, they release all this adrenaline. Well, actually, we can all just sit here, breathe heavy, use these tools to come back down. Now we're in a calm state and our adrenaline level is higher than somebody that has gone bungee jumping or, or doing some intense activity. Mm -hmm. So that's how much control we have. And then not only that, uh, once our adrenaline's up that high and we're nice and calm later on after we, you know, a residual effect after a few hours is uh, potentially our cortisol levels will drop lower oh, yeah. sooner than somebody else who maybe who didn't do that. Say they, they just did their marathon roll. Uh, their cortisol, cortis their adrenaline will be lower and their cortisol will be typically uh, potentially higher uh, you know, a few hours later. So it, it's, it's really is. Uh, and, and I think that is related to the amount of stress that it causes. So, so cortisol is basically the stress hormone, the stress hormone in yeah. the body, right? Right. And so I, I think what is happening is, uh, I think of adrenaline as a comforting tool. So when you start yeah. getting sick, when you start getting the symptoms of being sick, your adrenaline then starts to raise in order to make you feel comfortable with these symptoms. But mm -hmm. if you bring your adrenaline up before you get sick, then you no longer get these symptoms, mm -hmm. these sick symptoms, right? That, that's what Wim proved in the 2004 uh, Radbound study where, where they all got injected with endotoxin. So uh, 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 the, being injected with endotoxin is a stressor, and uh, just like jujitsu is a stressor. And just mm -hmm. like giving a speech is a stressor, just like maybe a family gathering, depending on your family, might be a stressor, you know, like all, all these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can Ex uh, mitigate family, that stress. 
extended family is probably a little <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so you can really mitigate that stress by uh these this chemical control and then there's also of the you know the fact the immediate uh changes where we drop our co2 for a bit so we can hold our breath for longer and uh we do try and isolate what exactly chemically is happening but i think that you'll find that it's a cascade of of interlocking intermingling uh things that happen so we release dopamine again just to get back to yeah. exactly what's happened chemically but we potentially yeah. release dopamine all these wonderful feel-good hormones and uh right. and we have a brainwave state change so we get out less activity in the front more activity in the brainstem and that reducing activity in your prefrontal cortex allows you to get out of the ego mind a little bit and, uh, and, and get out of your emotional state a little bit and, uh, and just allows you to feel quite, uh, quite a bit better because you're not quite so emotional about whatever the stress is or was or could be. So it's, it's pretty neat. Um, that's fascinating. Um, do you know if there are any studies that link breathwork to, um, again, melatonin or the sleep hormone? Uh, yes, there sure is. And I'm happy to share. I love this study right now. So I'm happy to share this one. Uh, the one in particular was uh, they took, so this is outside the Wim Hof stuff. They wanted to test out what the study was about was deep belly breathing. They called it just deep breathing. They gave it the acronym DB because they, they, they wanted to, again, demystify what uh, modality it came from. They're just saying you just breathe deeply with your belly, very likely in through your nose, but they didn't specify nose. And you right. did it for one hour. What would that do to you if you just did that for one hour during the day? Well, it turns out that does a lot, which is, it, this still blows my mind. Just give me goosebumps thinking about it. It's, it's so crazy. So <clears throat> they had uh, a group of bikers that were cyclists that were preparing for a 24-hour race. So these guys are in very good shape. They're, they're preparing for this very long race. They had an eight-hour bike ride the next day to prepare for this race. So it's a training session they're going to do. And uh, they took 16 bikers, cyclists. Uh, they were all of similar stature, so very similar in uh, size and weight. They had the okay. same thing for dinner. They, uh, they took eight and eight. They split them up, and, uh, and they all got a room to hang out in for an hour the night before the training. And half of them, they taught them deep breathing, deep belly breathing. Just lay there, sit there, whatever you want. Just breathe deeply, as deep as you can with your diaphragm for an hour. That's it. And then they tested their blood afterwards. They tested their blood after the training session, the eight hour bike ride the next day. So we're talking almost 24 hours later. And the guys that did the deep breathing had a significantly noticeable, uh, uh, higher melatonin, like lower uh, oxidative stress in their blood. Right. And uh, it was across the board. So it was like guaranteed you do this type of stuff guaranteed you have results after I can't even imagine because that's such an intense workout, an eight hour bike ride. I would assume that we would all sort of come back to baseline, right? I would assume we'd all kind of, yeah, you yeah. couldn't change even out, much there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, that's, I would, I would have guaranteed that I would bet money that that was the case. Because and I doubt there's any workout you can do in the interim to get such results without sort of draining the nervous system more. If you have something like, strenuous like cycling to do so if you only have that eight hour window yeah. what can you yeah. possibly do that oxygenates the blood gets your energy levels and all your markers positive uh well the other guys didn't have that 
in a room. Right. Well, so is this, I mean, how about that? So 12 hours later, so just that uh, changes your melatonin right there. Literally makes you less, probably feel less stressed, less oxidative stress in the, the, I'll pull up, I'll go over the exact study again. I think I mentioned it in our last training. Did did I mention it? Yeah, you in fact mentioned this story, I do recall. So I'm going to get better and better at uh, uh, talking about the study and making it, you know, uh, uh, tightening it up a little bit. So I will mention it again because I just think it's just, uh, it's like so simple and, and it's so applicable to our whole life. Most of us aren't, uh, oh, don't have yeah, a bike for ride sure. for an hour, eight hours a day, you know, so uh, the change must be even bigger, bigger potentially, if, if mm-hmm. all you're doing is working out right. for, you know, a little bit. Yeah. So to you um, personally... What were what were some of the effects physically um, to your body, and how long did it take before you were able to see like some long term effects from these exercises, these breathing exercises? Well, that's the neat thing is that it's it's very um, uh, it's quite unnoticeable at first because you don't really while you'll get kind of high from the breath work, you know we are sort of engaging with cannabinoid and opioid receptors. They've proved that, which is very cool. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, so that feels great, but you really don't know how it's affecting you kind of later on in the day um, and, until you sort of start to read about it and they're, they're really engaging into these, these tests. Um, so, I mean, it affected me with I didn't get the congestion anymore. I didn't get sick anymore, right? Right. Um, right. So that was a, a massive change. Like I, didn't, I was scared to not do it for a day because I'm like, I'm feeling good every single day. I don't want to ever get it. Yeah. sick yeah. again. Yeah. So I just sort of kept it up. And then, and then I started to realize the performance enhancement. And that's when I really got excited. So I have a deviated septum too. Uh, I never used to breathe through my nose just because it was, uh, it, I used to think it was clogged with uh, sinus congestion. What I've recently learned is uh, that it's blood. That I, maybe you guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, your, your nose has erectile tissue in it that gets filled with blood. So not only does it, uh, uh, it's not congestion from mucus, it's very likely it's also, uh, you know, the swelling right. of blood in and out of right. the group, which right. is really interesting. So uh, <clears throat> I forget where I was going with that. Um, once septum, I start, you, you had a deviated yeah. septum, how that's uh, changed. Yeah. So, so I, I was just a, a pretty bad breather in general uh, because I didn't use my nose. And, uh, and I used to get really bad stomach cramps when I would run, always growing up. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't even understand how people could run more than a couple of miles. Like it just blew my mind. I I just thought I was not made for this and, uh, and I never will be. But what we learned is that, uh, you know, you can maintain a level of CO2 and actually those things, we were probably over breathing when we ran and, uh, you can, uh, uh, breathe shorter. You can mm-hmm. uh, re- use some restrictive breathing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so then I'm learning how the processes work. And what I realized is that it only takes a bit of uh, uh, foresight into what you need to do next. And then you use a breath pattern that allows you to do whatever you need to do next. Mm-hmm. So when you're running, if you need to keep running, well, you got to keep a restrictive, you got to keep a level of CO2. So you got to use a restrictive uh, uh, breath work, even though you kind of, your body is sort of telling you, hey, breathe really heavy. And stop running. That's what your body's telling you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Immediately, yeah. lay yeah, down yeah. right now and just uh, breathe, breathe real heavy. <laughs> so, I've I've taken the uh, w- tried to understand what my body wants. Right. Tried to understand what my body does after certain breath patterns, which mm-hmm. is the restrictive breathing allows you to keep going. 
and then just applied that. So, oh, okay, I need to keep going. All right, I need to apply this breath pattern. I need to recover. Yesterday we did jujitsu in my yard with my, my, I have a great training partner now who's living with me and my buddy and uh, big Mike. He's, uh, he's six, six and, uh, and 240 right now. This is uh, amazing. Again, another, uh, I, I'm uh, blessed to have uh, these wonderful training partners. And, uh, and we had to, we were, we were going about noon and we had to recover in the sun. The sun was hitting, it was about 90 degrees, maybe a hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is brutal. It was hard to recover, but uh, we both just sit there and, and use different types of breath. We're playing with our own. We are probably doing a little bit different each other, but uh, it, it, but it all works. And, uh, and we're just getting back, you know, using some Hicks and stuff to immediately recover using some Wim Hof stuff once you recovered to charge up and to get that energy reserve and then using a neutral breath, uh, particularly in the beginning of the round to make sure we have a level of CO2, just like we're jogging. And, uh, and then we're able to preemptively uh, control our pace. Yeah. Right. Um, 90 degrees for those that don't speak American in uh, centigrade is 32. Um, <laughs> 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 the metric system it like confuses people here, man. Boiling <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And it was a, um, it was a hot 90 degrees. Let me, I'll tell you one fun story too. And what we came up with a new move or, or a new name for a move. So if you want to control a bigger person for your, for your listeners out there, for the, the smaller uh, and, and lighter belt, the lighter guys and the younger guys, uh, double underhooks when you have side control, is is probably the best way to control somebody who is a lot bigger than you. Maybe the only way. So you got to get double underhooks under them. And uh, what we realized is because it was high noon and the <laughs> sun was really hot, that uh, we call that move now. We call that sunburn. Because whoever has the worst sunburn after the, the training session, then uh, we know you were on the bottom the most. And uh, <laughs> you didn't win hot. today. You didn't win today. Yeah. So I'm going to be yelling that out in tournaments when I'm coaching people now, like, sunburn, sunburn, so they know to go for double underhooks and pin the guy down. <laughs> Dude, that, uh, you, you mentioned running right now. That brings me to um, a couple of questions. Um, I used to struggle with – so I used to run quite a bit uh, a few years ago. I used to run almost between, anything between 10, 10K to a half marathon every day. Um, Wow. And I, when I first started out, I, I realized I was getting these insane stitches. Um, hmm. Yeah, like that sharp pain in your ribs or lung area. And what would really help with that is me breathing out really violently and then holding my breath. I would, oh, wow. I would actually do short breath holds and mm-hmm. the stitch would just vanish. Um, wow. So I, I don't understand the science behind that and that that really did work. Um, but let me give it a patterns. guess. Go ahead. Can I give it a guess? Please. So uh, that comes from overbreathing, that the stitch. That's a good way to put it. And, uh, and when you're holding your breath, you were raising your CO2 level. So very likely you had dumped your CO2 level too low from breathing too heavy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we have to have that CO2 level at a certain point in order to make the oxygen bioavailable. So what was happening is you were getting in lots of oxygen, but in your, inside your body, it's not, a, it, it's not available for your cells because it actually has to use some sort of combination of the CO2 and the oxygen in order to make it actually like penetrate your cells or, 
I'm not sure you know exactly how it works, but I do know that Patrick McEwen of the Oxygen Advantage, who is a respiratory therapist for over thousands of people, he you know is a big advocate of that restrictive breath work because of that reason, because of uh, knowing and understanding the mechanisms of how you have to maintain that CO2 level. So I was in the same boat that you were, and uh, and I used to get those stitches, and uh, and now you can. I mean, you probably got over it through practice, right? Dude, uh, just... a week, one week, and it was gone completely. <laughs> and I've, nice. I haven't, sure. I haven't struggled with it since. Um, uh, and again, um, with running, breath work is so important. Uh, and you mentioned people yeah. overbreathe, especially in uh, in colder climates. Uh, I used to, when I first used to start running, I used to be a mouth breather, and I realized that at the end of the <laughs> run, I'm almost wheezing. Um, yeah. so I switched just my nose and I figured, um, the breath coming in through the nose is, um, is, I mean, it's, it's warmed up and I read yeah. somewhere because of your, your nose, hair and nostrils and all that. Um, yeah. so again, people don't know these things. Uh, <laughs> I, I, know. To, I, I learned these things in my, in my late twenties and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? So I have a, I have a theory on that. Um, totally. Miles, maybe you can shed some light on this as well. On what the running bit with your nose? No, about the alluding to what my uh, Miles also said earlier about people don't think about actively breathing, right? Breathing, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, for example, let's look at some of the functions of the human body that don't require us to think. You know, that's blinking. It's uh-huh. the beating of your heart. I guess hearing. Uh, if you're not yeah. paying attention, ambient sound is always hitting you, your eardrums, whether you choose to listen to it or not. Just like mm-hmm. when some your coach is giving you technical advice and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't hear that sound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, <right>. And <laughs> likewise, breathing is just something instinctively humans, all creatures just do from birth till whenever. But I would say only a small population would l- really think about Okay, let me think about the <laughs> air going into my nose, going down into my lungs, filling up my diaphragm. How can I hold it here? And then slowly letting it out. I mean, it's a very simple process right. and we do it yeah. infinite times in our lifetime. But how often do we draw our attention to it is, I guess, the point of a lot of your training and teaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how closely it is created, uh, connected to our nervous system. I mean, Oh, Absolutely. Is- like, you know, it is your brain. Your breath work is like the fuel for your brain. So if we're dumping too much fuel in there or, or not enough, you know, it's, uh, it can be detrimental. Or it could be the driving force between, you know, what, what you're trying to do. Um, and I, I, sorry, go ahead, Mark, finish. Uh, just to add to that, how did you make this amalgam of the Wim Hof breathing with the Hicks and Gracie techniques. Before we get uh, into that, you know yeah. Miles, before we sure. get into that, I have some questions which okay, I've just okay. been dying to ask you. Fine, you go uh, ahead. Then. Can, can we get to Hickson in a second, please, if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so um, you mentioned this uh, during our uh, our seminar last month, um, that you use the Aura Ring to measure your heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so how high do you actually manage to get your heart rate up uh, during one of these breathing sessions? Ooh, uh, I could tell you. I have the data. You know, it's something fun. I, I forgot to tell you. 
um, something neat that's been happening. So that I, I sorry, just a tangent a little bit, but to talk about sure, the sure, sure, please. So the the belly breathing that I was talking about before, I've been practicing that a lot at night and uh, and in the morning. So if I'm hanging out and I want to go back to sleep, or at night if I want to go to sleep, I do a lot of that belly breathing. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized is the aura ring i have tricked the aura ring into thinking that i'm in uh rem sleep or in in (laughs) deep sleep yeah that's crazy and so i don't know you know i'm not sure exactly what's happening i don't know if i'm getting the same benefits that i might from rem sleep but i do i know that we're getting that i'm getting these super benefits according to that study i do know that something really great is happening to me and it feels great um so it's uh, just another piece of evidence to say that uh, how good this stuff is for you that my aura ring thinks I'll wake up my alarm like this morning I woke up and uh, this time was a little bit different I woke up for a moment and uh, it's light outside here so then I put a a, just a a slim little face mask on uh, eye mask and then uh, and then I get into that breath work and so I do 20 deep belly breaths uh, if I can count to 20 uh, or, or I just keep recounting to 20 when I mess up right Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I got myself into, for the first time ever, I got myself into deep sleep. Usually I'll hit REM at that point. And then, but this time I went all the way to deep sleep and really did eventually fall back to sleep. But uh, very interesting stuff. The aura ring. Sorry, I, I lost track of what we're saying. No, exactly. no, no, so, no problem. So you, your highest heart rate. Oh, highest heart rate. Let's do it. Let's take a look. Um, so uh, the two things that I test uh, in the moments feature of the aura ring is I test doing a Wim Hof style breath work. And then I also nice. test the just nose and belly breath work. Okay. So the, of course the Wim Hof style gets you up quite a bit higher. And uh, that's what I'm gonna look at here. So I'm getting into the seventies, but my sitting heart rate in that same session. So I'll do a 10 minute breathing session with five minutes of uh, in the front and the back of it of just uh, relaxing to get kind of like a baseline of where I'm at and then where I end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my, uh, it looks like I get in about the seventies and then I drop down to the forties when I'm just relaxing. And sometimes even the 39 sometimes, which is kind of neat. So it essentially you get an HIIT yeah. workout uh, sitting at home. You could potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's it's quite a workout yeah i mean it just it spikes and peaks in there um, i mean you could actually do a cardiovascular workout in your room yeah you can see how it spikes and peaks with each that's a full 15 minute session so, so i use i use something very similar i use a whoop strap uh yeah. i don't know if you checked them out and they've introduced something um brand new they have a respiratory rate now that they've added after covid mm. came about mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. going to share that with you. And uh, this thing actually measures <clears throat> heart rate so variability. Yeah, it's HRV mostly, but it actually measures the amount of breaths I take in a minute. So if you could see on your screen here, it's 17.1. Oh, damn. Yeah. Breaths a minute. And they've actually added this for COVID. Um, so if there is a huge change in this, I know something is wrong. Um, Similar right. to your heart heart rate, uh, mm-hmm. and you really have to check this out, man. This is some. Um, I 
the whoop strap's really cool. I really like that, that video stuff. that you can take while it's showing your heart rate, like in the yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, it's a marketing tool, I'd imagine. It's <laughs> pretty brilliant. Yeah, it's super, it's super cool, yeah. It's way, I mean, I wish the Aura Ring had something like that. So the Aura Ring also tracks your uh, respiratory rate at night, and then mm. it'll give you a sort of an average, which is, uh, yeah, uh, which is quite Do you know your respiratory rate just to compare uh, yeah. a useless, out of shape guy like me to somebody who, <laughs> breathes well, on a daily basis and is aware so i do have let me see if i can find somebody more, more woke than i am i do have uh the lowest lung capacity uh of humans i have i'm in the bottom <laughs> <laughs> i am about humans as a whole <laughs> yeah that's right i was bold with that but uh, i used to well, I went to the doctor and they would give you this, this thing that you breathe into that like the little ball goes up. And, uh, and they, I often, I remember this often, they would change it. They would give me another one. They were like, this one obviously is not working because this isn't working for you. So would, <laughs> and then I breathe into it again. They're like, no, your lungs just suck. And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so I have even, I just found it, my respiratory rate. And I have a, a whole, uh, and this is, this is an average for the evening. Right. So I have a whole month's worth of data and uh, I get from my high is around 18 breaths a minute. That's, that's probably my, my high so high. So awake, and I'm then, guessing, yeah. No, that's sleeping. That's a my sleeping? sleeping is 18, which I, you know, again, I know that I breathe, I have to breathe quite a bit more than most people. And, uh, and then my low is about 16.4. So you are, uh, you're, you're right in the, the, the range. Um, no, but that that's fascinating, um, and it will be it'll be really really interesting to find out. Um, now I'm going to do an experiment over the next month or so to yeah. see if 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 Wetwork could actually drop this. Um, you know, uh, there was recently this this um, there was a golfer, a professional golfer, who used to wear this boot strap in bed every night. Oh, okay. Uh, and there was a significant change with his. Um, respiratory rate so he went to the doctor and he turned out to be COVID positive um, because wow. it spiked that much so I mean wow. these these things are I mean this they're so intrusive and so so accurate it's it's, it's scary it's almost like uh, you don't want to feed it too much information nowadays <laughs> but <laughs> there's always that thing you want you want to know more you want to know okay what else can i do what else, how else can i do better <laughs> yeah oh, or it's tracking skin temperature now and stuff is it yeah and they're actually uh, i think they're 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 working with too to track covid so i think there's a few organizations that are requiring people to have an aura ring in order to uh, i think oh, the nba is going to start the doing future it the is here, man yeah, <laughs> yeah. some weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That dude, that's fascinating. And uh, sorry, Moet, uh, go ahead with your Hicks and Gracie. I didn't mean to put Hicks and Gracie in the back seat. Hicks and <laughs> by any chance, yes, there's even though there's a point zero zero one percent. All reverence. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. That's right. Any question. Yeah. So my my so, question yeah. was the amalgam of the Wim Hof method and uh, Hickson's breathing technique. And tell us a little bit about Hickson's breathing technique as well for the listeners. Yeah. So the Wim Hof method is uh, we breathe uh, all the way in and then you just let go. You just let go to where you have no air pressure in or out. 
So in most people, with your the posture that you're in, uh, a comfortable sort of straight posture, you have about 40% below the neutral zone. So in the Wim Hof method, we breathe with that up, upper 60%. And then what I, when I got to meet with Hickson and uh, talked with him in detail about his breath work and then took his workshop, his you know, three-hour workshop, and he did his, you know, uh, gave us a nice demonstration of the breath work for about 30 minutes. We, we focused, maybe even 45 minutes, we focused on breath work. Um, what I realized is he was only using that bottom 40%. So it was literally the polar opposite of the Wim Hof method. And I actually, right. because Hickson has sort of done similar things that Wim has, right, where he's sort of conquered or, or, or created a really strong mental uh, fortitude. And, uh, and he's also been able to handle the cold. Uh, you, you've seen in the choke videos where he's yeah. in, the, uh, in, Tokyo, in Tokyo, in like a mountain stream. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought it's so fascinating because they both, both Hickson and, and Wim are doing similar things across the world really kind of on these parallel paths of, of human capability, but their breath works don't match at all. And, uh, and I even asked Hickson, I, I'm like, what do you think about the Wim Hof stuff? And he gave, you know, he gave a, a, a Hickson answer, which was like, he gave Wim a ton of credit for what he's done. He would, he's never disparaging about everything, anything. I mean, I think he's just a, a real true master of, of mind, body, and soul. And, uh, and he would compliment anything that he, he you know, uh, thinks is, is great. And, uh, but he said, it's different than his own. And he left me hanging with, it's different than his own. And I was like, well, what do I do? Then who's <laughs> And so I didn't put the pieces together for probably another year. So I'm just not understanding, you know, really how to apply Wim Hof stuff to exercise, understanding Hickson's a little bit. Um, but it's again, Hickson and both these guys broke it down so simply that it's like you almost have to learn how to apply it yourself in a more complex manner because they're just giving you these these uh, principles that you know you can use and then what i realized is the two of them met in the middle so hickson pushes it out and then you recover back to neutral you don't use any energy you don't use uh any process to to get air back in you just create a bit of a vacuum and that air yeah, goes back yeah. in and then there Drops you are back into your diaphragm almost with the Hicks and, and stuff. It's a little unintuitive too, right? You yeah. don't really think about that happening. Um, and then uh, hit, uh, Wim would just do the same thing, only he just expands yeah. and then let's go back to neutral. So both these guys are meeting in neutral and they're also only using one process to breathe. So right there, you could say they're both muscles. They're practicing only using one set of the breathing uh, process or breathing uh, right. mechanisms. Right. Sorry, it says my uh, internet's a little unstable. Hopefully, it's, it's we got it's you. Up. We got you. You're clear. Okay, good, good. So well, the neat thing is, what I realized is, with Hickson's, uh, Wim was focused on the gas exchange mm -hmm. and uh, creating these sensations because he wasn't engaged with anybody and he didn't have to really use strength to do anything for right. the moments that he was right, doing right. that. Where Hickson was focused on again, con some mental control, creating some chemical changes, but he had to remain strong, particularly in his core, right? You can't take, you can't do a, do a big wind breath and then get punched in the stomach. You're done. You're, you just yeah. knocked the wind out of you. Yeah. So I thought that was so interesting. And uh, when I realized that they met in the middle, I realized, man, you have to create a, a more efficient breath pattern. So if you switch back and forth between them, that's probably fine. 
because just as long as you're breathing efficiently, really creating a, a significant gas exchange, and, uh, and then when you're engaged with someone, you're able to create a strong core. So now you have to be around the neutral breath, and you have to be below it. And you realize that you can flex your stomach while you're pushing out, while you're uh, uh, breathing heavily, while you're dropping your CO2, and then one neat other advantage to the Hickson one is it doesn't make you dizzy, which is really neat. So uh, Wim Hof style breath make you a little bit dizzy, you get a little loopy, and you can't, you can't have that when you're, when you're going to fight. <laughs> when you're going uh, to fight. I, I use Hickson's when I'm dizzy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pass, were, it, training. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's neat. It, it is. It's the most efficient recovery breath. It's the quickest for getting out CO two, and it doesn't. It forces it, you. It to doesn't really give in, you a head right? change. It forces you to it breathe causes, in. It does. Well, it, it, I mean, what it really does is why Hickson says it's so valuable is because he says that mental acuity shifts are because of a CO two buildup when you're exercising. Right. So when you're you're engaged with someone and you start screwing up, then. Uh, and especially too, you're, that's usually when your heartbeat, your heart's beating the hardest, right? So you've just been sprinting right, and then right. you can't, you can't make the right decision. We've all been under some guy and, uh, and we know what he's going to do kind of, and, uh, we just can't keep up. It's like one step ahead of us always. And, uh, story like of my life, duty. kids, story yeah. of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so you use Hickson's breath to, uh, to recover your mental acuity and then, uh, hopefully you can keep up. But so it's, it's safe, to, to right? So it's it's safe to assume that your brand, Breath Fitness, uh, perfect timing by the way, um, <laughs> is is a combination of Hickson's work as well as uh, Wim's. Yeah, it really is, and it's I, I consider it the full exploration of what uh, breath work can do for you. And uh, how to apply it in, in every aspect of your life. And, and the way we do that is we have to keep it dead simple. We have to keep it super, super simple so that you can use this stuff and so that you can do it on a consistent basis. So when, these other, when modalities start to get too complex and then we get layers upon layers of people's interpretation, uh, it starts to get difficult to understand, which, you know, I was a blue belt for eight years. I need stuff quite simple in order to uh, in order to capture it and, and use it on a day-to-day basis. So I'm really adamant about um, making this stuff uh, as digestible as possible, and uh, probably almost too. I'm probably almost too skeptical because uh, I don't allow. I think that's a good thing. In. I think Maybe. that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, for those that uh, want to check out some more of my stuff. Uh, he has a wonderful YouTube page uh, where he you can go through. Well, he just came out with a, a new 10-minute breathwork um, timer, which you can do with your eyes closed. He has another one, which I use almost on a daily basis every morning. Again, it's Breath Fitness on YouTube. Uh, Miles, when are we seeing you come out with um, something on BJJ Fanatics? Breathing for BJJ. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Exclusively. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love to, uh, one of my goals is, uh, you know, to get uh, maybe a regular class where I could sort of refine a curriculum mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I would really want this stuff. I have a, a good couple of hours that I could do uh, as a class, but I really like to test it out 
and uh, you know, it's just been so good. I've done a couple of these workshops and the, we do, so instead of a Wim Hof style ice bath afterwards, we'll do a marathon roll. So these are just right. for right. We'll do a full, I'll teach everybody the stuff and then, uh, and then we'll do a marathon roll. And then, and, and what I love the most is these guys that are probably in their thirties or forties that have been struggling to, uh, to make it through a whole hour's worth of training that will tell me at the end of this, this day that they, they, they've never had more energy. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I feel like I'm just giving back to wh where my faults were back when I was doing this. And if somebody would have applied, you know, given me the stuff, how, how, how much it would have meant. That's awesome. Man. Help, right? yeah. uh, but uh, do you think you could, um, I mean, well, you have Wim Hof, he certifies people. You see Miles yeah. Lucas certifying people down the future, down somewhere, sometime in the future? I, I, think, uh, I think the breath fitness will be so all-encompassing that uh, it would be, at some point, that would be neat. My, my, my buddy now, we kind of joke about it because he's my first person I've trained real closely and knows my stuff better than anybody. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, we, he, he's basically my first uh, breath fitness instructor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he's, he's amazing. And he's applying it to, he is also a, uh, a mental health counselor for uh, like underprivileged youth. And he just got his master's in that. And so That's he's applying crazy. it pretty significant, significantly to anxiety control for, uh, for, you know, preteens and, and uh, teenagers. And, you know, I think the, the, we, we've all, we've had lots of different types of fitnesses throughout our, our life. You know, the cardiovascular fitness, there's all these different fitness. I think breath fitness, man, encompasses uh, all these things. And, uh, and I don't think it's going away. And, and so I hope that uh, this will be a pursuit that, uh, that lasts a lifetime. Some... Um, I, I'd imagine that this is the time for uh, people to start getting into this, especially with uh, how Miles, Miles, the, shortage do... of, the shortage of ventilators in the world and... Uh, people to develop their own lungs, lung capacity and strength. I'd imagine that your business is booming right now. <laughs> the, the interest is up. Uh, you know, I right. haven't been able, yeah, I'm, I'm working more to make this, uh, you know, is, is completely sustainable, but uh, yes, interest is up. And that's one thing next week or at the end of this week, when we do our workshop together, one of the things we'll focus on is uh, a few tips to strengthen your lungs, and again, we have to do it in a way that we could do it on a regular basis. Uh -huh. But when you uh, breathe deeply and you have a little bit of tension, and uh, when you create that tension and it's a bit uncomfortable, we have found a weakness, which is great. So we can sort of unravel the uh, fascia or whatever it is. doesn't really matter. But we can get rid of that tension in order to, for you to, on a daily basis, to be able to you know, have a bigger tidal volume and maybe create a, a, a stronger uh, full breath than ever. And, uh, and I think that's really going to benefit people health-wise, mentally-wise, you know, uh, uh, in the future. So that's what we're doing uh, uh, I think I think that's a perfect segue into me telling people listening to this. Uh, so this is coming out tomorrow. So if you guys are listening to this, um, Miles is holding an online Zoom seminar. Um, Sunday Indian, Indian Standard Time, uh, Saturday night uh, on Miles Time. He's in California. Um, the seminar is thirty-eight US dollars or twenty-eight fifty INR. How, Miles, how long is the seminar going to be? So it's it's ninety minutes, and then sometimes the QA lasts, you know, a long time afterwards. 
So it's I am so excited for this, Miles. Nice one. Me too. Uh, yeah, this is uh, these, this is my you know life's work up to this point. This stuff. <laughs> so uh, I think I think we need honor. to get some controlled studies started, Mike uh, Miles, uh, where we get some groups of people and we make them sit through this process of doing these breath exercises. So we have some empirical results, like one people of the people passing out. That's fine. They pass out doing jujitsu <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, I have a great study. I, I don't know if I should give up everything, but, uh, no, no, you don't have to. It's, it's up to you completely. <laughs> well, I'll, come on, I'll, I'll come save, on. Just, uh, I have one more good one, but I'll save it for the class. Sure. And, uh, and, and what the point is, is what the difference in this particular study has to do with, uh, pneumonia that people get and, uh, and how to prevent pneumonia and how, uh, little amount of knowledge is needed to prevent pneumonia through some <laughs> breathwork classes. So uh, that's it. Wow. No, I mean, yeah. that, that is, that's, that's ridiculously interesting. Um, when was the last time you got sick, Miles? Oh, you know, I don't claim to be a, uh, uh, to, to, to not get sick anymore or anything like that. But what happens is we all sort of live on the edge of health. Right. If you're feeling great, you may uh, you may <laughs> That's a good uh, way exercise of hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my edge has changed. So again, nice. I don't get the same congestion anymore. And uh, and one of the things for your listeners too, I tape my mouth at night, so it forces my my nose to it forces my belly breathing to get stronger, and it forces me to breathe through the nose while I sleep. And uh, I think that's a, a, a massively valuable tool. Um, so I still get sick every once in a while. But it's usually because I've pushed myself with a, a lack of sleep or too much alcohol, too much whatever else <laughs> that I, I happen to be enjoying at the time. Um, uh, so, uh, but that threshold, that, that's one of the side effects of this stuff is that your, your capacity and threshold of uh, a lack of sleep and, and drinking too much, all that stuff goes way up. <laughs> so yeah, because right. you can, uh, your, you should not have told changes. us that you should not have told us that now right. everybody listening to this is coming to the workshop basic thinking okay <laughs> i can get fucked up more now <laughs> that's, that's, uh, and for longer and, and, and sleep less <laughs> <laughs> and hangovers you can get rid of hangovers a bit better oh you know? my god oh well Dude, god. you should do like you should do uh, a workshop for sem- uh, for alcoholics, alcoholics yeah. on hang- <laughs> dealing with hangovers by Miles Lucas. Oh, that would be amazing. But it would have to start the night before. Yeah, right? it starts the night before. <laughs> you can pregame so, with the guys. Yeah, you pregame with them and then you leave. <laughs> awesome. Oh that's um, a cool workshop. That's a, we'll write that one in the book. Okay, so that's that's the next one coming up, guys, in the month of August. Miles Lucas getting drunk overseas. Right. Um, <laughs> so we'll do a Zoom from uh, yeah. Yo, it's gonna be nine a.m. for us, man. We're gonna get well, Miles, Miles is Miles is day drinking. Miles is day drinking. No, we are day drinking. Miles is enjoying his Saturday night. <laughs> I'll have to uh, yeah. for science. We're just doing for science. For we must. Yeah. All right. I think Miles, this do is... you have any any questions for us? I mean, uh, we're not very interesting people, but do you have anything for us before we wrap up today? Um, you guys, this was a, this was a ton of fun. This was one of uh, my most uh, fun podcasts I've ever been on. So you know, thank you guys for having me on. Thank you for accommodating again my time zone. And not uh, a problem. And I look forward. Can't, 
thank you for doing this. I mean, uh, we really do um, need to. I mean, this is one of the first few times that we've spoken to somebody who's actually looking to make a change and doing something. Well, I would say useful with their lives. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for continuing doing what you do, man. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, I've been following all the, the stuff that you guys are doing and, and the avenues that you're pursuing with getting uh, uh, mixed martial arts out there in India and, and, and providing a nice platform for people and stuff. And, and I think it's such a, a wonderful endeavor to do jujitsu, to do mixed martial arts. It's, it's such a, a, a lovely uh, clearing of the mind. And, uh, and I think we all need it. And uh, when you miss it and you haven't done it in a while, you know, you realize how powerful it is, which Absolutely. is kind of happening to all of us right now. And uh, yeah, man, <laughs> awesome. you guys keep doing what you're doing too. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, we will see you this weekend. Yeah. Can't wait, guys. Let's talk soon. All right. Have a good day, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good evening. Thanks, guys. Good night. Cheers. Thank you. Good, good day. Night. Bye. Sure. Good day. Good day to <laughs> <laughs>